today. My name is Charles Ferry. I'm a senior legal advisor at CSA. Good day. My name is Charles Volgraaf. I'm a legal advisor at CSA Port Elizabeth. Today we'll be discussing alcohol in the workplace. Thank you, Sean. What does it mean for an employee to be intoxicated at work from a legal point of view? Yes, well, there's a common misconception that a failed breathalyzer test is indicative of a person being intoxicated. And the test is actually well known from Tanker Services, a case which said that employees need to be unable to perform their duties to the required standard and with the necessary skill. In that regard, it is vitally important that an observation be done of the employee and not simply a failed breathalyzer. So, Shaw, can you go through the observation report with us? Certainly, Shaw. Now, if an employee reports for duty in the morning or during the course of the day, you suspect that he is under the influence of alcohol. We advise that you take him to one side and question him and ask him for an explanation of the state that he is in. And if he can't provide a clear enough or a logical enough explanation for you about his condition, we advise then that you do an observation test. We advise it here so that you do this observation test in writing and that you, after you've conducted it, sign it and the witness signs it that you take long. Uh, we advise that you take another employee, preferably someone senior or someone in management, to be your witness of the observation test. And then on the observation test, you will check for slurred speech, unsteadiness or uncoordinated actions, unsteadiness on his feet, red or bloodshot eyes. Does he smell strongly of alcohol? Does he exhibit aggressive behavior or is he uncooperative in his behavior? And is he untidy or more untidy in his appearance than that is normal for him? Or, and that is basically the observation test that you, you conduct. And afterwards, you can back it up with a breathalyzer test or an alcohol test. Yes, well, there's a lot been said about zero tolerance in the workplace. And certainly some businesses would have stricter requirements in respect of sobriety or not being intoxicated in the workplace. And indeed, the health and safety legislation mandates that an employer has a duty to create a safe working environment. So where there's a threat to life or limb, it may well be appropriate to implement a zero tolerance policy in those workplaces. What is important to note in that regard is that the policy must be in writing and it must be well communicated to all the staff in order to hold them to this 0.0 standard, which would then be a contravention of the policy and can amount to serious misconduct. Do you agree, Shaw? Yeah, absolutely, Shaw. Absolutely correct. Now, another point that I'd like to touch on is the contracts of employment. We at CSA advise that you insert a clause in the contract of employment that, that states that the employee agrees to undergo a breathalyzer or alcohol test. And should the employee refuse, which is in his rights, to refuse a breathalyzer or an alcohol test, then you can hold him in contravention of his contract of employment. He will be contradicting his contract of employment. And that will strengthen your case in the coming disciplinary action. Sean? So just to recap, as a chairperson, it is more important to me that a, there be a full and complete observation report done of the employee rather than necessarily only the failed breathalyzer test. Now, this differs slightly from a case where the employee has a known dependency and those cases must be dealt with as ill health incapacities. But that is a discussion for a different day. When it comes to misconduct, we would recommend that you have the observation report done and CISA has templates for these documentation and you can contact your nearest branch and then we will assist you as far as we can. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm.